Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I am your host as always, Erin Pym. And here at the Bedpost Podcast, what I like to do is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have an in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. Today, uh, I have a very exciting guest and very exciting topic. Um, But first, I will, as I have been doing in the latest episodes, I will direct you towards my Patreon. It's something I'm really excited to be working on, really excited to offer you. It's at patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. I do little mini solo apps about my pro-doming, about my personal poly endeavors. Uh, It's like a really intimate, saucy, juicy look into my life. I'm having a lot of fun creating the episodes for you. I'm also doing a lot of audio erotica, so I'm writing fiction stories and then reading them to you, and um, I'm also taking old stories. Like, I just recorded one that will come out June 15th that I wrote in 2014, and I... um, and it's actually kind of on topic with uh, what we're talking about today. So uh, lots of cool, fun offerings there. There's also sexy pics, sexy videos, depending on what uh, tier you subscribe to. So thanks so much. Uh, I appreciate you all. And I would appreciate you even more <laughs> if you head on down to patreon.com slash show. So without further ado, I have someone who is actually going to be speaking from an anonymous place today because, um, you know, there are a lot of different reasons uh, while they're, why they are choosing to be anonymous. One of those reasons is because we're talking about a super taboo topic today. And um, all I'm going to say to introduce them is that they are a member of the ABDL community here in Toronto. So welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. I'm really excited to do this episode today for lots of reasons, because it's kind of a misunderstood kink. And um, maybe a good place to start, because I feel like a lot of our listeners probably don't even know what ABDL is when we say that. So why don't you start with just kind of explaining what ABDL is? Um, So ABDL stands for Adult Baby Diaper Lover. It's a section of like general age play littles community, specifically looking at like really deep age regression. So going into like baby space and using diapers. Lovely. Um, And from what I kind of understand, there are a lot of different facets to this kink. Like there are a lot of different ways to identify. One that might be more common to people is DDLG. I feel like that's a lot more, maybe a lot more common or at least a lot more, a lot less taboo maybe. CGL is kind of a more general term of describing it. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit kind of about, about all these little facets? Okay, um, so I, I would say the broadest term is would be age play. So basically the idea of playing with age in a role-playing capacity 
Um, someone can act like they're younger than they are, and someone's acting like they're older than they are. Um, so the older person would be the big, and the person who's regressing to a younger age is the little. The caregiver little is just like a broad kind of term, and then you have DDLG, which I feel like has been gaining a lot of popularity recently, which stands for Daddy Dom Little Girl. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's sort of a less taboo version of age play, because the person isn't acting as young. Um, and I think also as like a culture, we're more comfortable with like kind of sexualizing like the schoolgirl or teens. Like teen porn is so super popular, right? So we're okay with some intergression, but just not like too much. Then it gets too taboo. Is how I would look at it. Amazing. Um, yeah, that's a really great point that you bring up with DDLG. Like that we are we are used to seeing like youngish women being sexualized. Like the the just turn 18 you know fresh face look like even just in advertising and all that kind of like all that bullshit as far as the kind of patriarchy shows us what's sexy it's like they go to like this super young lean white girl essentially like dressed in a little cute little skirt and looking all flirty and fresh and fun right and like also what i like in it too is i think when people look at abdl they're like, uh, like the biggest stigma around it is that it's sexualizing children, but sort of the the best way I can sort of put it akin to is like the Playboy Bunny, right? So nobody looks at a Playboy Bunny and is like, oh, that's about bestiality. It's, t it's not, like she's wearing bunny ears and she has a little bunny tail, but it's not the fact that she actually looks like a bunny or you actually wanna fuck a rabbit. <laughs> it's it's about like the connotations of that. Well, that's like speaking to like flirt, um, fertility and like being really flirty and ooh, like it, it's just sort of the symbols of what that means and that like kind of dynamic, right? Um, so yeah, that's what I would make it akin to. Just because I wear diapers doesn't mean that my partner like hasn't sexual interest in children. It's just what that diaper means in that relationship and in, within that dynamic. Yeah, and to be 100% clear, um, what we're talking about today is full consenting over 18 year olded adults pretending to act like younger people. And that's it. You know, as long as it's adults doing something that everybody is consenting to and no one's hurting anyone, ain't nothing fucking wrong with that. So let's maybe start for you. I'm wondering how did you kind of discover CGL, DDLG, ABDL, all of this uh, kind of age regression type stuff? When did you discover it and get into it? So really, I think really relatively young. Um, I started reading erotica online at like 12 or 13 and I was immediately drawn to the BDSM stuff but in particular like yeah it was very kind of daddy dom sort of type erotica and it like immediately hit with me and I was super into it. Um, so yeah like from fairly young and um, I carried a lot of shame about it through like my teenage years because this was totally something that I wanted to explore but it was like a really difficult to explain to like your high school boyfriend that I'm like, hey, I kind of want you to treat me like a child, which probably was a good thing in the long run because there's a lot of like, you know, you, you probably shouldn't be participating in kink at like a younger age, really. But yeah, I did have a lot of shame about it until I made a FetLife account on when I was 18. 
and I did the like fat life quiz and it, it explained like popped up what a girl boy is in the in the scene and as soon as I read that I realized like this is a thing <laughs> that people are into there's other people like me like all the shame melted away and I felt so much better about it because yeah it was like a really weird strange feeling of being like it's not something you you see in like stereotypical BDSM scenes. I had an like idea of what BDSM is just from pop culture and media, but it's like whips and chains and everyone wears leather and latex. Um, age play you don't really see as much. So yeah, when I was I didn't have any exposure to it, and I thought there was something really wrong with me. Um, so when I realized that it's it's actually quite common and popular, yeah, that really helped for sure knowing that other that it was a thing that other people were into it essentially that you were not alone yeah i thought that i was like one of the few people that had this or like i you know like there was something really fucked up and wrong wrong about me and there totally is but it's there's lots of other fucked up people too so it's okay <laughs> and what what is attractive to you about this type of play i think for me the biggest thing is feeling taken care of it's, yeah, like, ABDL can be kind of almost therapeutic, and I also really like that way of, like, interacting with a partner. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of trust that has to go into it. I mean, it's, it's not that different from other, like, BDSM dynamics and relationships, but, yeah, I, I was never that person that wanted, like, a dom to be really, like, mean to me or, or you know, whatever. Yeah, I wanted it to be, like... I don't know, not necessarily softer, but like, yeah, I honestly, the main thing is like a caregiver kind of role that really spoke to me. And it's interesting uh, to point out that you're saying like that, yeah, it's a kink and it's pretty fucking kinky, uh, but it's not one of the kinks that has like intensity, perhaps severity, anything like that. Um, so it's kind of in the, not in the BDSM world, but it's more in the, um, like in the broader kink world like you know when you're talking about like for example like I'm, I've been pro-doming for a few months now like so people can either see me for to see me as a dominant like doming them or they can be seeing me for a kink for me to indulge their kink with them and help them explore their kink within the confines of me still being a dominant and topping and kind of directing the scenario but they have no interest in me doming them in the traditional way meaning with like you know any sort of harsh um dirty talk or ordering them around or you know, any humiliation type play, what they're looking for is something, um, is just for me to, uh, create a space for them to play in whatever kink they enjoy. Yeah. Not that the two can't be overlapped though. Like I've definitely done some pretty intense ABDL humiliation and degradation thing, which is fun too. And I feel like that's also fairly common, but, um, they can also be totally separate and it can be just a totally like caregiving, separate kind of from BDSME. Um, for a lot of people, it's totally non-sexual. Um, so yeah. Uh, that was going to be a question I was going to ask you because some people do are doing sexual acts while engaging in this type of role play and some people it's totally separate. So for you... Oh, it's super, <laughs> it's super sexual for me. Um, so, but I, yeah, I will say that like I know a lot of littles in the community where it is like a very non-sexual thing. But I, I would say that there's still probably some, like, level of power exchange. 
For me, I actually have a really challenging time engaging in sex if I'm not in little space. Yeah, I think thinking about it now, like one of the reasons I am a little is um, I was like assaulted at 14 and I don't know, like just a bunch of trauma. And I think being able to regress to like a really kind of safe space where I can feel totally like trusting of my partner and that they're going to take care of me, like that, that really helps me able, be able to have sex. Um, otherwise I can find it like I disassociate, I freak out if I'm in an adult headspace. Um, but I also, when I'm in, like, having a more deeper, uh, like, age play relationships, it's not also not always sexual. Like, it kind of becomes a whole way of interacting within the relationship. Um, so sometimes that's, like, holding my partner's hand across the street because I, <laughs> I feel really little about it. Or, I don't know, you know, going for, like, ice cream dates where I'm wearing, like, a cute kind of little outfit. So it, it permeates the entire relationship, for, but for me it's, like, both kind of thing. Yeah. So is what you do, what you practice, considered like a 24-7? Yeah, okay, so I have a funny story about this because this weekend I actually went out of town um, to visit a partner and we did like, I would say probably as close as you can get to like 24-7 ABDL for like the weekend. Where like, yeah, like he was kind of totally doing like bathroom use control on me like for the whole time. But he's like cutting my food into little baby-sized pieces and he tells me, he's like, you know, if I had to do this like 24-7, like every single day, I would probably like drown you in a river. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, that makes sense because you, you couldn't really get anything done. I, I, I was, this is something I'm thinking about a lot because I have had sort of like kind of 24-7 di um, dynamics with people. I think it's really draining on the big. And so I'm really trying to build an awareness of like, well, what's the right balance there? And how can I as like a little um, kind of support my big? And because it, because it is about a caregiving relationship. And, but if someone's just constantly taking care of you and taking care of all your needs all the time, like they're going to start to hate you probably. Or it's super overwhelming. But yeah, like I've, I've been in relationships my my last partner that identified as a daddy, like, I always called him daddy, and he always would, like, refer to me as a baby, and that was, like, pretty much consistent And how we interacted with each other. I find a lot of caregivers just sort of naturally have that energy, so he was sort of always kind of taking care of me and being protective and looking out for me. So I think it's totally possible to, like, do it in a 24-7 that way, but I can't be in, like, full baby space all the time where, like, they're doing everything for me. That's I don't think anybody could really do that, do that without um, strangling somebody else at some point. So, yeah. Yeah, because, like, in a 24-7 dynamic, for example, like, what would the... What kind of things would a caregiver be getting out of that? Because as you're saying, it is kind of all going one way, doing everything for the little. So what would, like, a caregiver get out of a scenario like that? I know a lot of people really like feeling like totally kind of in control of somebody else. Like it's a very focused headspace. And I think they also feel like they, they don't really have to worry about anything else outside because they're just all their attention is on their little. Um, it, this It can be a little servicey too. Like they're really getting enjoyment out of your enjoyment. Uh, I think some people probably like the control and the power that comes with that. Like that can be a total kind of power exchange. Yeah. And when I'm, so what I'm understanding from like what you're saying is that you are, you know, you're not in little space all the time. No. No. So you're like, you know, doing your functioning adult 
adulting for the rest of the time, right? Yeah. So in what, like where and in what scenarios and with who do you uh, kind of like indulge your little self? Is it just the bedroom or is it other places with other people? Um, I can totally, sometimes it's like I've just been sitting in a classroom and then I'll like kind of, something will happen and I'll like totally pop into little space. And, like, I have to force myself to be like, no, 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 we have to be an adult right now. You're not allowed to, like, freak out about this cat that walked by or something. I, I see it as sort of, like, two sections of my identity, and there's some overlap. Sometimes I think I'm, like, walking about my day in, like, more of a middle space where I'm, like, I feel, like, kind of like I'm 16 right now or whatever. Um, for me to go, like, fully baby space, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm acting like a six-month-year-old, I, I do kind of need someone engaging with me in that way, so that's really helpful for getting there. If someone's treating me like I'm a baby, then um, it's going to be e fairly easy for me to go to little space. If somebody's not, then I'm probably not going to, like, age regress all the way there, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes I'm, like, totally in adult space, too. <laughs> I'm not always in little space. That would be bad. <laughs> I wouldn't get much done. Yeah, so... Um, and someone can like bring me to baby space within like a king context. Um, if someone's my established big, but I also have partners that I that are just play partners that don't identify as um, my big at all. We don't really have that dynamic. But I totally like slip into little space anyway. But it's that's just me doing something on my own, and they're not even like engaging with me in that way. Yeah, but I think I'm maybe more unique that way. I feel like that's not it for everybody. I think. Like, there's a lot of diversity in the community and everybody has different experiences. So that's very interesting because what you were saying was that like sometimes you can identify as being at this age, like a middle space. You can, so there's a variety of ages for you that you can kind of identify with? Yeah, um, I would say, I think the proper term for it is being like really age fluid. So I'm switched. So when I'm topping, I can totally top from like, kind of a bratty, spoiled 16-year-old who's <laughs> like, I don't know, some valley girl, and she's like, spoil me, do all this stuff for me. Um, that's really fun. I can also top in, like, younger spaces, too, but that's a little bit more difficult. But yeah, so I have a huge age range, but for me, yeah, it, it specifically if it's, like, with a partner that identifies as my big, uh, it's kind of goal-oriented, where I'm like, I want to push it and get as young as possible, because that's sort of, like the most therapeutic, where I feel like the most sort of vulnerable and open and I can trust them. But yeah, I, I totally like my little space totally jumps around. But I can fairly easily regress to like a one-year-old, I think, um, if someone's like does something that makes me feel little. <laughs> and what kind of, like, what do these scenes even look like, really? Like mm -hmm. for somebody that knows absolutely nothing about it, what is the big doing? What is the little doing in like a scene that would involve ABDL or just like DDLG or whatnot? Like the simplest way to put it is my partner treats me like a baby. <laughs> and that, that can be like lots of different things for lots of different people. Some people like this, some people like that. So like for this past weekend, my partner like gave me a bath, but it's like really intensive. Like he lifted me into the bath. He runs the bath for me. He checks the temperature for me. At this point, I'm in, like, a nonverbal headspace, so I'm just, like, cooing like a baby and splashing the water, and then he, like, 
totally washes me and rinses me and like does everything for me and then he takes me out of the tub and then he dries me like that's why this would be so overwhelming <laughs> this is why he was like I could not do this every day and then afterwards like he lays me in bed and I have like a pacifier in my mouth and a stuffy and then he went to like warm up my milk in a bottle and he's holding me and he's like bottle feeding me and yeah, for that, for him, he was, like, looking at me, and he's like, oh, like, I can see all, like, the hate and resentment has, like, left your body, and you're just, like, lying here totally open and trustworthy, and, like, that's really beautiful for me, so it was really nice. So, yeah, I don't know, like, bottle feeding is common, eating, being fed baby food, I like to have my, like, food cut up into pieces and fed to me, diaper changing... Some people really like watching, like, cartoons, some people like playing with, like, baby toys, crawling... I think dressing up is a big thing, like a lot of littles really like, you know, putting their hair in pigtails or wearing cute outfits. Yeah, most, I think, or a lot of littles' voices drop and they kind of talk like a child or baby talk. And the biggest sort of, I guess, engaging with them in that way. Yeah. I've also heard like coloring. Yeah, yeah, people like coloring. Like a little tea party. Princess party, <laughs> playing with stuffies. Yeah, a lot of it's, like, really just kind of fun stuff. <laughs> and it's I, it's also nice, uh, maybe, this is, I think, maybe enough, like, a lot of BDSM can be so serious. <laughs> and ABDL, I think, really, like, pushes um, being, like, kind of fun and silly, which I think is part of my attraction to it, for sure. But I, I also engage with it in, like, a more BDSM context where it's, it's kind of enforced, like, ABDL, I would say. So it's, like... No, 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 you're not allowed to talk. Babies don't talk. We're putting a pacifier in your mouth now. Oh, no, 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 you don't get to walk. You're crawling everywhere because babies don't know how to walk. That's not safe for you, dear. Um, or diapers, right? Like, that can be kind of a whole humiliation power exchange kind of thing where it's like, well, no, you don't get to use the potty like a big girl. Like, you got to go in your diaper. And I'm like, ah, oh, pants. <laughs> so the... There can, like, you can totally play with power and make it very kinky and dirty that way for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but needless to say, a scene can look like so many different ways. And I feel like a lot of different tones as well, as you were saying, like, describing that scene where it was, your top was bathing you and stuff, that is so precious and, like, so lovely. And then you flip over into, like, a humiliating scenario, essentially. Like, that's, there's a lot of room for a lot of different... You, it can be totally light or it can get like really fucking dark. Like, I think uh, I like peed in my diaper and he like pulled it over my head and made me wear it as a hood. It was like super, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, but like early on he was like cutting up my food in little pieces being like, here you go. Like, so yeah, the total, total range for sure. Yeah. And in general, like, what does that space, like little space or middle space, like, I'm just wondering, like, what at the core when this is like happening what how does it feel for you it's a pet like totally safe uh totally like tr trusted or trusting i don't have to worry it's like a really light happy bubbly space that can like be protected i guess does it ever feel like sexy like oh totally <laughs> <laughs> um like, there's kind of like a... <laughs> I'm, I'm making Lady Pim laugh so hard, guys. I'm really proud of myself. Um, I totally, like, love breaking um, my, like, bigs. Like, I'll say something really dirty in, like, a cutesy little voice, and they're just like, oh my god. <laughs> um, or, like, it can totally be a teasing, taunting thing. 
Or like, you can be kind of bratty. It, no, there is totally something kind of like sexual about it, for sure. For yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I think we're already, like, we've not even gotten through, like, any of these questions. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to take a little bit of a break, and we're going to get right back to um, our lovely person from the ABL, ABDL community here in Toronto. we got tons more questions about ABDL, DDLG, CGL, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, oh, and we've got a, a surprise as well to start the second half off with. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Bitpus Podcast. I'm here with my oh secretive anonymous taboo guest. <laughs> and what we're going to do to start off the second half here is uh, one of my lovely sponsors, the Sissy Kit. Have you heard of them? They have sent me a lovely giveaway for one of our lucky lucky listeners. And uh, what we would like to do is um, just kind of do a little unboxing here to see what our lovely guest thinks of the sissy kit. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go ahead and open that up? Just like, tap it. <laughs> I don't know, how do you open this? I'm like, okay. See, I'm such a baby guys leap you have to help me. <laughs> you have to help me open the box. Okay, I'm opening it up. And there's lots of pink. I'm seeing that, which I'm a big fan of. Um, you have an assignment. No, we can't open it. We can't. It's top secret. Um, and um, I have this little, ooh, like a purple bejeweled butt plug, and it's very nice. A little case, and we've got a suction cup dildo. Get the full like auditory effect here. Um, we have the sissy kit makeup. Should I open this up? Yeah. Let's see what is in here. Ooh, we've got some red sparkly lipstick. Just putting the box back on. It's taking a little longer than I anticipated. Okay. And 
a little card that says the sissy kid. Thank you for shopping with us, sissy. And ooh, some lovely pink lacy panties. And a makeup remover. Ugh, see, this they think of everything. Because you always you're so desperate to get the makeup on, and then you never think about how you're gonna take it off. And you're like, fuck. Because makeup is hard to take off. You might not realize that. And some Astroglide. <laughs> My favorite thing is making Lady Pim laugh at me. <laughs> and, and some lube. It's water-based. And um, I'm guessing that that's for the like lovely suction cup builder that you also get. And yeah, I think that's the whole box. So what you can do to get your hands on uh, this exact sissy kit, you can email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com and tell me about your most embarrassing masturbation story. That's so good. And if you are interested, you know, in taking a look more online at what the sissy kit is about, they are the sissykit.com and they are the sissy kit, the sissy kit, both on Instagram and on Twitter if you would like to, uh, you know, buy a sissy kit for that lovely sissy in your life. <laughs> we all got one. <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, so let's get back into these questions, shall we? Uh, lots more to talk about, and I'm sure you've got lots more to say. I do. So, why don't we start with, um, is there a, an ABDL community, like there are kind of other kinky communities, is there an ABL, ABDL community in Toronto? Your best luck is probably FetLife. I know that we have the Toronto ABDL slash um, Age Players um, group or tag on FetLife. And I think they have a monthly munch that you can go to. And I think they talk about sort of like other events and smaller parties that you can go to. Um, I think there's also Toronto's Little Dates, which is also on FetLife. And I know that Oasis has like, it's more specifically, I think, DDLG, but like, um, all age players are welcome at Oasis once a month now. It's like the first Wednesday of every month. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why I know so much about this. Isn't that weird? <laughs> and are you a person that does this mostly like in your private life or do you engage with other players and go to group things and meet other people in the community? I have like little friends that, um, that's really fun and we like go on little little outings and dates <laughs> um it's cute and I find that that's really helpful too like kind of having that community where you can like share tips and stuff um like hey did you know you can use these pull-ups that you can actually get at shoppers <laughs> they're a way cheaper option than getting diapers because oh my gosh people don't talk about how expensive it is to be an ABDL because diapers are expensive I know in Canada they have rears which is really good um you can also get uh, little for big like there's a bunch of kind of abdl shops ddlg playground abdl specific diapers are expensive so what i've learned through having like little friends is that there's these like good nights pull-ups that i think are meant for like 12 year olds um but you can totally like they fit most adults they're real stretchy and that's like a way cheaper option and yeah no i'm always so curious because i'm like do they know that, like, I feel like 50% of the people that are buying these are probably age players? And I'm like, I feel like they must, right? <laughs> but those are really accessible because you can get them, like, yeah, at the grocery store. And I, I've totally gotten, like, baby stuff at, like, 
grocery shopping. It, the owl, like, being an ABD owl makes going to shoppers way more fun because they have a whole section for you. You're like, oh, look at all the pacifiers. <laughs> awesome. Um, and, like, what do you do, like, so if, like, a group of littles get together, what are you doing, typically? I've, like, hung out with friends and we're kind of all, like, in our, with our passies and our um, diapers and we'll, like, watch cartoons or, like, like we'll have, like, daddy-girl dates or whatever where we go out to, like, I don't know, the zoo or the aquarium or, like, a park. I don't know, spend a lot of time, like, getting dressed up and, like, playing with makeup, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, like, really fun to, to, like, have, be in little space with, with other people that, like, get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I have. I do know, because actually in one kind of branch of my poly tree, there are a lot of littles mm -hmm. in that group. So anytime we're, like, you know, uh, getting together for, like, a family dinner or, like, whether it's an actual play party or something like that, they're usually a bit of crossover there. But, um, yeah, there's always, um, you know, littles can... There's always a space for littles to go if they want to like little out like they can go in this spare room and start watching a Disney movie there's um, Essentially like kind of a bunk bed set up in the main area, but no bed on the bottom So it's just like this really high bed and there's like a desk under it kind of so if you can picture it but like essentially you know at some point in the evening like a few littles will like climb up the ladder and go on that a bed up top and just kind of like chill out and snuggle and you know whatever else color there was actually a really fun scene um that happened the last time we were there that one person wanted people to draw all over them with markers they liked the sensation of it but they also liked the kind of objectification of it uh and they also didn't mind if there were like some humiliating words on them as well so like all the littles were like so excited about this scene they all got like all the markers and just went to town drawing on this person it was so funny like to see them just like go nuts on this coloring task e evil littles are like the best <laughs> the best thing that's like my favorite thing is just seeing like a little be mean to somebody <laughs> Because they're so cute while they do it. Like, you, you can't even take it. Um, oh my god, yeah, that sounds amazing. I, t I totally volunteer to be the next, like, marker whore at the next event. This sounds so much fun. <laughs> one thing, talking about mean littles, uh, one thing you brought up is that you can, like, top or dom from a little space. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, what would that even look like? Like, I, yeah, I mentioned, like, kind of like a princessy state where, like, for me, then it's easier to dominate or top somebody because it's like, well, I can feel super entitled and yeah, of course I'm going to ask you to do all these things and like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> then I also have like some subs that like really enjoy like taking care of me like as a service. So like I can demand for them to like, you know, bottle me or cuddle me or like change my diaper or whatever. Yeah, just be like really demanding about it. <laughs> Throw temper, temper tantrums. Those are really terrifying for people. <laughs> Threaten to cry. Um, yeah. Uh, so those, like, those are kind of the headspaces I have when I'm, like, topping from little space. Where, yeah, so that's also, like, there's different little spaces where, like, I would never do that to, like, um, a, a sadistic big. <laughs> I could not be as demanding or entitled because then I would get spanked. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I can totally kind of switch the space depending on, like, who I'm engaging with 
and like what works for us. Like the person that I saw this weekend, they don't identify as a daddy at all. They're like a creepy uncle. <laughs> That's also a very interesting nuance too for the big. Yeah, like there's so like there's a more traditional like mommy daddy. Um, I think he really enjoys like the creepy predatory factor of being like a dirty uncle. Like it's a little less safe than like a daddy or mommy, which is fun. Um, there's people that identify as like babysitters. Or like, and I, th- I think I even know some middles that like just really like babysitting, like people that are younger than them. I know like a non-binary person that identifies as like a, a zaddy, <laughs> which is like their gender neutral <laughs> term for that, which I'm like so into. So yeah, like it's not just like the big has to be a dad, like daddy. No, no, no. There's like, there's a ton of different ways you can do it. Yeah. And can it be even like in the territory of like a teacher student? Is that still something that resonates with you? Like... If they're kind of playing a role that's kind of adjacent, like an older figure and then a younger figure. Yeah, like I have a, um, a play partner I call him Mr. Because uh, I, for me, that's like, um, it's authoritative, and, but it's still sort of coming from a, like a little space. I think like, yeah, teacher totally works. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I've done, like daycare person, um... Any, like anything that's I oh I've totally done like priest play and little boy play I should also talk about that like what's interesting with me is I find my like my littleness so I I'm like super super girly everything has to be pink and sparkly but I also kind of identify as like a, a baby boy um and I really like like I the like relationships between like fathers and their sons so like I don't know like playing catch with daddy and like him calling me such a champ and then it can get darker where he's like you know, rubbing my clit and being like, oh, see, like, you have such a small little boy cock, and this is daddy's big cock. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I'm a bad person, guys. No, but it's, like, all, like, I think, I don't know, it, it seems, like, very taboo, but, like, because we all have experience, we all have real-life experience with, um, like, being having a caregiver, you know, I think it's actually a very relatable type of role play because we were all kids at one point. So we all have like these reference reference points for this type of play, right? So like this is one where I feel like a lot of people probably, probably could do, but because of its taboo nature, perhaps, you know, or they could have no interest in it either like you know whatever but I feel like a lot of people could probably engage in this type of play and get a lot of satisfaction out of it because like we all know what it's like to be a kid and be not you know in control ever and like when am I going to grow up and people are actually going to tell me shit and like you know when will I be old enough to do this and do that and like it's not fair and like all those types of things right totally um and I mean who had a perfect childhood like we all have you know traumas um and I think for like a lot of people like reliving that narrative where you're a child but you're like totally in you're you're in control of the situation right it's like very similar to consensual non-consent like um yeah like I I have very stereotypical like daddy issues duh um mommy issues grandfather issues like all of them um so being put in a situation where like I can feel safe and vulnerable and childlike um but I'm in control and if I say red the scene stops like it's it's super therapeutic I think 
Um, I think little space could probably be beneficial for a lot of people, a lot more people than you may think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree um, in that it can be very therapeutic. Like a lot of different kinks can be very therapeutic, you know, like, and for the exact reason that you're saying is that like, you know, say if you're recreating some sort of traumatic event or something that's adjacent to a tra a real life traumatic event you had, you know, if you're recreating it, but this time, you know, you are in control of everything that happens. Uh, this time you have, you know, your autonomy to decide exactly how this will play out. Like that can be a very therapeutic way of moving forward with an event that, you know, you couldn't, you didn't have the power at the time to do something about it for whatever reason, but this time you do. Yeah. And I will say that's a stereotype about the little community that I've found rings fairly true. Um, not all littles have had bad childhoods, but I've definitely found that like a lot of littles, particularly like ABDLs, um, they, they had like negative or abusive homes um, and they were never really allowed to be children. Yeah. And so now this is their way of like, you know, kind of um, getting to have that, like, experience and joy of, like, a good childhood or, like, a good kind of guardian or parental role in their life that they, they didn't have growing up. And I think that's really, really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so not all littles have had bad childhoods, but I've definitely noticed, like, a lot of them have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Not to make sweeping generalizations that all kinksters, you know, do their kink because they're fucked up. Like, we are a little bit, but... <laughs> That's partially true, but like not fully true, you know? <laughs> so, okay, what I want to do is to talk more, we've talked a lot about like the dynamic, but we haven't talked a lot like about the actual diapers, I feel like, and what that means and what is, like maybe we can start with what, yeah, what do you find interesting, stimulating, attractive about mm -hmm. wearing a diaper? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, I started, I think I started wearing diapers around like two years ago and yeah, I started with the pull-ups and it was really funny because for a long time I didn't, um, I go to the bathroom in them, like I pee in them, but for uh, like the first, I don't know, six months or something, I was like, I'm not going to do that because that's weird. <laughs> not, that was the line for me. I was like, not wearing the diapers. That's totally fine. But if I have to, if I pee in them, like that's gross. Um, <laughs> And then I, I was seeing, like, um, a partner at the time that was, like, identified as my daddy. And he was like, if you're gonna wear them, you might as well use them. Like, no, 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 you're gonna use them. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I did, and it was, like, kind of really weird and embarrassing and humiliating. And I, I was, I start, I talked to my other little friend about them, that and being like, I don't know if I liked it. Like, it was really embarrassing and, like, I felt really, like, vulnerable. And she's like... Yeah, that's the whole point, you dumb dumb. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then like, and then I like totally became a diaper freak. <laughs> but I will, yeah, I will say like, so diapers in particular, they're like, they're sort of instant regressors. Like they're really comforting, I think. I don't know if that's like, you know, stored away from childhood, but like, it's weird. Like, so I, I'll totally use them in sexual contexts, but like sometimes I can't sleep at night and I'll like just put on a pull up and like pee in it. And it's, it's so um, like relaxing and soothing. And I feel like, oh, like, you know, a little baby space. Oh, I can totally go to sleep. <laughs> Diapers cured my insomnia, guys. <laughs> I'm advocating for it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that answered your question. <laughs> That's a great thing to point out that like, 
just because you're wearing them doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be like using them, like actually peeing. Like you can actually like be wearing them and get, you know, other benefits, you know, without actually using them. Like, is that true to say that some, some ABDL people like do use them and some don't like, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. There are ABDL people that don't use diapers. I would say, I think the most common probably just using them to pee in, some of us do use them to do the other thing in, which I think is probably like the most stigmatized. But yeah, you'll you'll find that that's actually like a lot less common, I find. But yeah, like people totally use them for different purposes. Um, I think some people just like the sensation and like maybe the humiliation or the objectification or, or whatever of just wearing one, right? Yeah. yeah. Is this true? I, I I feel like I was researching this a while ago for some sort of interview or article or something. And... Is it true that, like, folks on the spectrum might find, like, the texture and feeling of a diaper? When I've talked to, like, um, kinky people that are on the spectrum, I know for a lot of people they really like, like, intense body sensations or, um, and I can tell, like, I think people don't maybe think about, like, like, diaper can totally be a type of sensation play. Um, and yeah, I could see how that speaks to that and then, like, peeing and the warmth and, like, that could totally, yeah, that's like a total sensory kind of experience for sure. So yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And so you're saying like they can feel, it, say if you're not actually like using them, like peeing, let's say, if you're just wearing them, like what would that, for you personally, just like how does that serve you? Like, or how does that make you feel? Yeah, like like a baby. <laughs> um, like they're, yeah, they're comforting. I, you're kind of like padded. They're like soft. It is a sensory experience. And then just like, if you look at, like looking at yourself in like the mirror, let's say wearing them, like, you know, it's the whole like thing, like seeing yourself in that state. Um, it can be embarrassing. It can be humiliating or it can be like, oh, you're such a good baby. Look at you, you're wearing your diaper. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a million ways to do that too, for sure. Do you have to wear one to feel little? Like, is it directly related to you feeling like little? Yes, I'll say that. Like, I don't always, I don't have to be wearing a diaper to be in little space. I'm trying to think if I've ever, like, sometimes I'll just wear a diaper and go out. And I'm not necessarily, like, aware of it the whole day or anything. So it's not, like, directly related to little space, but it's, like, you know, it's a kind of a kinky thing that you're like, oh, you're kind of, sometimes you sit down and you're like, oh, right, I'm wearing a pull-up. Ooh, this is, like, dirty. And, like, um, it can be sort of a way, like, a secret way of satisfying my, like, little side um, in a way that nobody else knows kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. wearing, like, you know, sexy lingerie under your clothing. Totally. You yeah. Know, every time you remember you're wearing it, you're like, oh, my dirty little secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely that. Also, I have to pee, like, anyone that knows this about, knows me knows this about me, I have to pee, like, every 30 minutes. Um, and I, I have heard that there's, like, a huge kind of cross, like, oh, some people get into diapers or ABDL because they have, like, incontinence issues and they just have to start wearing them in the first place. I know for me, I think there's, like, something really soothing about knowing that I can go whenever I want to because I spend, like, a huge amount of my life being like, oh my god, I have to fucking pee. <laughs> And then there's also like the yeah for me I would describe it as like a like a serious feeling of like letting go um, because if you like we, we we get potty trained you're like you're literally trained to use the toilet at a very young age it's like such a enormous part of like 
adult autonomy, I guess. So having that removed from you can be like super erotic and very like very vulnerable and very exposed in like a power exchange kind of way as well. Like I, yeah, I really like having my like adult autonomy like forcibly removed. So someone like taking away my, my own bodily autonomy about like where and when I can go to the bathroom. Like that's, I don't know, that's some pretty serious power exchange, right? Yeah. yeah. And can I ask you, like, what does it actually feel like to go pee in a diaper? So good. <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> I'll preface this by saying that, like, I, I always had, like, a little bit of an interest in this. Like, I broke her, guys. <laughs> She's laughing again. Um, I remember I was 17 and, like, my boyfriend at the time was, like, peeing in the shower because I was sitting on the toilet peeing and I, like, jumped in front of him because I really wanted to feel... And I thought it was going to be, like, some terrible thing, like... And I was like, oh, no, it just feels really, like, warm and kind of nice. <laughs> so I was 17. I was also... I was... I've always been, like, or for a long time now, like, a pretty intense squirter. So I think the jump from, like, squirt to piss was a little like easier for me to cross yeah but like so and then I, I had already been doing like piss play outside of diapers so I yeah I don't know like peeing in your diapers like letting go release um it's a little humiliating it's a little embarrassing especially if somebody's watching you do it and they're like looking at your face struggle um because it's you're so used to peeing on a toilet that like not peeing can actually in a to like in a toilet space can take effort yeah. But it's also like, it's just really warm and wet and it like spreads all over your insides and your legs and like you feel the diaper get like kind of padded and thicker and like it's kind of really pleasant. <laughs> it's not, it's not that scary. Um, yeah, and for me that like that feeling of like warmth spreading is like, oh, it's really hot or like really comforting. Because I mean, like, I don't know, we like warmth, <laughs> right? And then, though, does the diaper feel, like, kind of cold and wet after? Like, is it uncomfortable after? After enough time, like, and it gets soggy depending on how much you use it. Um, I've totally done a humiliation, like, as a punishment, you're not going to get your diaper changed for, like, two hours. You have to sit in the wetness. Or, like, um, you pee so much, you leak through your diaper and through your pants. I did that last weekend, too. It was so bad. I was, like, sitting on my partner, and I, like, pissed through, like, the pull-up my pants, and then it, like, got all over him, too. And he was like, ah, oh, this is cold. I can see why this sucks. <laughs> I was like, see? Um, so it can get kind of, like, yeah, soggy and weird and uncomfortable if you're in them for a while, but, like, that doesn't happen, like, that's only if you're, like, sitting in them for, like, an hour or whatever. For, like, the next little bit, it feels quite good, Yeah. We're kind of wrapping up here, so I would love to ask you, like, just to kind of sum up for people listening, like, if there are a few things that you'd like people to know about this that, you know, that's important for you to kind of let people know, do you have a few things that you want to... It's not pedophilia. It's not, like, a sexual interest in children. That's, like, really important. Like, this is a kind of role play um, between two consenting adults and, like... Yeah, it's just sort of, it's more about, like, flirting with with innocence and vulnerability and, like, uh, a parental or caregiving roles than it really has anything to do with, like, children. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like what I said about the Playboy Bunny earlier. It's, like, the symbols of what that sort of means in, like, a BDSM context. And also, like, most ABDLs, like, live totally normal lives. They go to work. They have families. Like, this is just sort of a side of them. I feel like in a lot of trash TV, they, they try and present ABDLs like they're like this all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no. Like, it's just, it's something you do to relax or get off or have, like, you know, an exchange with somebody else. Um, 
I'm not wearing diapers and like pouting like a baby all the time. <laughs> yeah, I have a totally normal life as I would. Yeah. A quote unquote normal life. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> normal ish. <laughs> And yeah, is there any, are there any like resources that you can suggest for people that kind of are interested in this kind of a play or even beyond like resources, like maybe some tips you can give to beginners, like how they can start indulging in this kind of like in little ways? Little ways. Little ways. Oh, so funny. I would say maybe don't start with like extreme ABDL stuff. Like, like, um, try just doing something that makes you feel like cute. Like, oh, I'm going to put my hair in pigtails. Or I'm going to wear this little skirt and like, see how that makes you feel. Um, or like think about things that like maybe you enjoyed as like a kid that, um, that you no longer do like coloring or watching cartoons. Um, I think maybe just like trying on the, the words and the titles, like, call your partner daddy or mommy see how does that make you feel yeah we're having like short little role play scenes i think even like you know the schoolgirl fantasy it's so common that that is like a form of age play and then it's like okay well let's go a little deeper <laughs> and go from there yeah. yeah and and i would say like um it's nicer too to have a community and like reach out to other littles um probably through threat life is the best way to do that um because i know like i definitely got a lot of tips and tricks from just like friends you know yeah how do you know if you're a little? Ooh, um, that's hard for me to answer because I, I was always, I sort of had always had an awareness of being a little. If you, if you have that like feeling of like needing to be like kind of cute and soft and like kind of wanting someone to like take care of you and being in control of the time, those can be little, like little indicators maybe. Maybe if like you're like, I like the idea of like a BDSM kind of power exchange, but oh, like, I don't want my dom to, like, yell at me or call me a dirty little worm or whatever. Like, I want someone to be soft and nice to me. <laughs> and I want someone to be selfish and do all these things to me. Then that could be an indicator that, like, oh, you're, like, totally kinky into BDSM. It's just, you know, you're, it's age play. It's, like, it's a different facet of it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe letting people know that, like, indulging this these types of kinks either like cgl ddlg or abdl you can indulge them in little ways ha 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 again i <laughs> can't get away from it um but like just because you're doing you know playing with calling your partner daddy or mommy doesn't necessarily mean that like you have to be buying diapers and then peeing in them and doing like an extreme humiliation scenario like you can you can do it in your own way you can do as much of it as you feel comfortable with and that gives you you know s that makes you feel satisfied or stimulated <laughs> well i would love to um i'd love to tell you tell people where they can follow you but you're anonymous so we won't uh <laughs> i'm a mystery i'm the spy of abdl <laughs> But perhaps I can um, tell people to re reach out to me if they have any follow-up questions that they would like to ask, if there's anything that people think we didn't cover um, that they would like to hear about. Maybe you can email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com um, and just put in the subject like ABDL uh, questions, something like that, and I will get them to you and perhaps we can... Uh, have a little either a follow-up episode if you know there's enough inquiries about it that people want to hear more or um you know i can just post even on my social media or whatnot yeah i'd love to hear people's 
like responses to it and be able to like respond to people because I feel like people do have a lot of questions about it or there's a lot of misconceptions that I'd like love to clear up yeah yeah and also I know you just wanted to mention that like you're you know you're here talking about your own experience with indulging this kink and that you'd necessarily you know are not don't really want to be like a representative voice of this community or like yeah I'm one person and it's like a diverse community and like don't assume well I heard on that podcast so they're all like that like no that's not like yeah I'm just one person in the community yeah exactly yeah so um, I'll just uh, let you know one more time if you like the sissy kit from in the middle of our episode there that we were opening up. Uh, you can find them at thesissykit.com and uh, on their social media at thesissykit. And also, if you want to win that prize, you can email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com and tell me about your most embarrassing, humiliating... Oh, if you're into humiliation play, this episode was for you. Uh, Tell me about your masturbation stories that went awry. Uh, If you're in Toronto and you want to see the Bedpost stage show, we do that at the Social Capital Theatre the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock. We've got a really great pride lineup uh for you next month can't wait to give it to you patreon again is patreon.com slash the bedpost show you can follow um bedpost you know on on instagram at the bedpost show facebook at bedpost erotica uh or bedpost.ca if you want to follow my pro dom accounts i'm at the lady pim one on twitter and on instagram if you want to have my direct booking link it's the ritualchamber.ca slash lady dash pim so, uh, oh yeah, and one more thing, uh, you're going to hear original music by Stephanie Copeland. She's a good friend of mine. Please support uh, the rest of her work. She's an amazing artist and musician. You can do that at Steph, stephcopelandmusic.com. One huge last thank you to my guests. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. So thank you so much again. Uh, we will see you next week with another fun, exciting, sexy guest. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!